This is one of these words where you can go about a thousand different ways. And uh, so it, it might spill over into Wednesday night as well. But let's pray and let's look to the Lord. Father, tonight, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a rhema word. We thank you for a word in season. We ask, Lord God, for utterance. We agree together tonight for each person to hear and each person to see clearly what the Spirit of God is saying to them individually and to us corporately as a church. Lord, we give you praise for it, and we give you honor for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before, everyone say before. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that God is the great preparer of good things. Amen? The question is, is are we prepared for those things that God has prepared for us? Are we ready for what God has made ready for us? And, of course, only you can answer that question for your own life. I know for sure that there are some things in ministry that I wasn't ready for maybe 20 years ago. Um, I think about the different locations that we have, as Heart of the Bay have been in over on Royal Avenue and over at Marina High School and over here, I had to be ready in my spirit to be able to possess what God had made ready for us. I can remember, you know, walking into Marina High School way back in 1984. And Marina High School was a huge, huge auditorium. It was very, very big. And uh, so I walked into Marina High School, into the gymnasium, and I just I was with Gene Marquez. And we looked around and we looked at it and I, I just, in my, in my heart and in my mind, I said, man, that's just too big. It's too much. So I walked right out. Well, I had to get ready because God had that place ready for us. But if I wasn't ready, there's no way that we as a church were going to possess what he made ready for us. Because if the leader ain't ready, the sheep sure ain't going to be ready. Now the sheep might think they're ready. But maybe they need to sober up and take another look at where their faith is. Somebody says, well, I, I, I thought that God was, he, you know, he's, he's able to do anything. God is God. Come on now, Pastor. Well, I want to remind you of Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians, the third chapter in the 20, 20th verse, and I'll quote it for you, and they'll bring it up here in a moment. It says, now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, but now notice the rest of the verse. It is in direct proportion to, or it is according to, what? The power that is at work in us. Ephesians 3.20. Amen. And so the power that needs to work in us for us to step into the preparations of the Lord and to step into the things that God has made ready for us, that power is Holy Ghost power, but it is also faith power. And God is a God of faith. He requires faith of his people. He requires faith of his leaders. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the 6th verse, it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of, the, of those that what? Diligently seek him. So the diligently seeking him is our part. 
It's what we do to prepare ourselves for the rewards. It's what we do to ready ourselves to be rewarded. So in my individual case, I had to go to prayer and, and I got to go to prayer and the spirit of the Lord began to work with me and, uh, just, uh, let me know this isn't too big for me. Why is it too big for you? And so I said, well, Lord, praise the Lord. And so he began to work with me and all of a sudden on the inside of me over the process of a few months, it just dropped on the inside of me. Yeah, this is the will of God. And if it's the will of God. It's my will. Amen. So I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. And it wasn't too long until we went into this great, big, huge auditorium where we could probably seat twelve to 1,300 people. And we're able to possess just, I mean, tons of space. You see, I had to get ready for what God had made ready for us. I had to be prepared for what God had prepared for us. The question I have for you, are you ready for the things he's made ready? Are you prepared for the things that he has prepared? You may think you are, but you've got to know you are. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. Uh, of course, this is talking about that we are his workmanship created unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should what? That we should walk in them. I believe another translation says that he has made paths for us to walk in, that he has prepared things ahead of time. There are paths for you and I to walk in. Amen. Now to arrive at the destination of what he wants done in your life. You got to be ready for it. You got to be prepared for it. I've got to be prepared for it. We are, I believe on the cuffs of the greatest move of God, this world has ever seen, but we got to be ready for it. We got to be prepared for it. And so in order to do that, then all hands must be on deck. Amen. Now, look at 2 Corinthians, uh, or 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm just introducing this to you tonight. Say with the manifestations are at the door. All right. So 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And uh, notice with me, um, where it talks, uh, I'm in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll get there. Amen. I can't say when you have it, say I have it because I don't have it yet. All right. Notice in verse 9 of Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things, the things the thing, not just the thing, God's got multiple things for you. The things that God, and I'm reading from the King James, the things that God has prepared for him. Woo, glory to God. So settle it right now in your spirit. Your life is going to be enriched by what God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Settle it right now. God's not done with you yet. 
He's got more for you. He's got other things ready for you. He's got other things prepared for you. Somebody says, it's been so good, I don't see how it could get any better. Just watch. Glory to God. It's going to get better. Or it's been so bad, I just can't see it. Just hold on. Hold steady. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. God's got some things prepared for you. Amen. I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that what? Love him. So we see here that we must love him to enter into the things he's prepared for us. And we've already defined loving him means keeping his commandments and setting our love upon him. Amen. So let's begin. I believe with all of my heart that there are manifestations that are at the door. But here's what the Spirit of the Lord has prompted me with. But let us make sure we do our due diligence before. You see that for everything in the Word of God, mostly everything in the Word of God, there's a Godward side and there's a manward side. God has His part, but we have our part. Amen? We don't need to be so concerned about God doing his part. I mean, God is God. He's not a man that he should lie. Has he not said it and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken and shall he not make it good? Will he not watch over his word to perform it on our behalf? God is faithful. Amen? So we don't need to be so concerned about his part. Let's be about our part. Let's make sure that we're ready for the things that God has prepared for us. So point number one in our little teaching tonight, we must follow the instructions of the Lord. And under that, when it's time to shout, shout. Now look with me at Joshua chapter 6. Joshua, the sixth chapter. And we'll just look some some examples of this concept, this principle in the Word of God before. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. How many of you are familiar with the story of Jericho's walls falling? Amen? Now, in verse 2, And God and the Lord said unto Joshua, See... So he wants him to see something. He wants him to know something. He wants it to be very clear down in his heart. This, what he is about to tell him. He says, see, I have given. Everyone say, I have given. You know, when you look in the word of God, you see a lot of things that God has given. Amen. God has given the things he has done. So he says, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Isn't that a powerful thing? I mean, God comes up and says, look, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. I've given it to you already. But then he goes on to say, here's your part. Here's what you must do before. And the Lord, in verse 3, And you shall compass the city, all you men of valor, 
and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do it for how many days? How many days were they supposed to walk around the walls of Jericho? Six days walking around the walls of Jericho. What if they hadn't done that? What God made ready for them, what God prepared for them, would have never been realized by them if they had not followed the instructions closely. Amen. Now notice, it goes on to say in verse 4, And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city how many times? Seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. What if the priest shall say, well, no, it's Sunday. I'm not going to do anything. It's a day of rest. Blow with the trumpets? No, I don't feel like it. No, you cannot be lazy and possess what God's prepared for you. You can't be lax and, prepare and, and receive what he's made ready for you. We must follow the instructions of the Lord closely, and he is giving us instructions daily. He's given us 66 books of instructions. Amen. And so he said, six days walk around. On the seventh day, I want them to blow with what? Blow with the trumpets. Now notice verse 5. And it shall come to pass. What is it that shall come to pass? The it that shall come to pass is what he told them in verse 2. I've given you the city. And it shall come to pass, not on the first day, not on the second day, not on the third day, but on the seventh day, that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout. Come on. All the people shall shout. They shall shout. Now, he didn't say with a weak shout. He said they shall shout with a, a great shout. That's powerful. That was their part. Hallelujah. And the wall of the city shall fall down, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before them. Whoo, hallelujah. Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? This is something they had to do before to receive what God had already given them. Notice with me in verse 5. Let's read it together. Verse 6. Ready, read. And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord. What verse are we in? Verse 20, verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 20. Yeah, drop down to verse 20. Drop down to verse 20. And so the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass. Everyone said, and it came to pass. Look at your neighbor and said, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass in my life. It shall come to pass in your life. It shall come to pass. It shall all come to pass 
It'll come to pass at last. Woo, glory to God. Now notice it just wasn't the pastor shouting. It just wasn't Pastor Tom shouting. It just wasn't a holy core shouting. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass, read with me, when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. You got to take. You got to take. With the faith it takes. You got to take what's been given. See, I have given you the city of Jericho already. Listen to this statement. There are some things for you and I to take that God's already given. That's our part. So follow the instructions. What do you mean follow the instructions? There's no walls to fall. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of walls to fall. There may be some walls to fall in your relationship at home. There may be some financial walls to fall. There may be some medical or some health walls to fall. Amen? So follow the instructions. In other words, what is the Lord saying to you in the word? Amen? What is he saying to you? What instructions is he given to you? Are there things that you need to adjust in your life? To reposition yourself for what has been made ready. Amen. Anybody ever had to, to make any adjustments? That's a third of you. Okay. I'm going to have an altar call for people that don't tell the truth. Follow the instructions. Follow the instructions in the word. And then follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Follow his leadings. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everywhere in between. Follow his leadings. Follow the wisdom of God that he gives to you. And follow his leadings and he will lead you right in. Glory to God. To your places that he's made ready for you. That's good news. That's good news. This works in, in, in every area of people's lives. It can work in the area of your finances. You know, we, we, we preach a lot on, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we preach that it is the will of God for us to increase. It's the will of God for us to be generous. And the generous soul, praise God, will be watered himself. Amen. We preach that he's El Shaddai, the God who's more than more than enough. So there's no question on that side. But the instructor tells us to tithe. The instructor tells us to give. So if I'm not going to tithe, if I'm not going to give, then I'm not going to be able to fully enter into the things that God's made ready for me. Somebody says, well, does, doesn't he love me if I don't tithe? There's not a question whether he loves you or not. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. 
the question is this, is are we in position? Are we, let's put it another way, are we in alignment with the Word of God? Are we in alignment with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? Amen? So let's get out of the tithing area because I can tell some of you are uncomfortable. All right. Let's move in a different area. No, I'm just kidding. It's the will of God for me to prosper. Then there may be some things you need to do to get ready to prosper. Like get out of debt. Amen? Just a thought, like John Maxwell would say. Amen. Do what you know to do. Be prepared for what God has prepared for you. How about in the area of divine health? Now, in 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may what? That you may prosper and be in health even as what? Thy soul prospers. So, yeah, it's the will of God for me to walk in divine health. It's the will of God for me to be well. But I've got to align myself with the word of God and believe that. And receive that and take that and live by the word of God and feed my spirit the word of God and let the word of Christ dwell in me richly in all wisdom and put healing scriptures down on the inside of me every day of my life. Put them in my heart, keep them in my eyes, incline my ear to his sayings, let his word be medicine to all my flesh. That's my part. That's my part. That's me being prepared what God's prepared for me. Someone say, follow the instructor, follow the word, and follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know, Pastor Mark, it might just be God's will for me to be sick. If it's God's will for you to be sick, let me ask you a question. Where does he get sickness and disease to put on you? He doesn't borrow from the devil to teach you some kind of a lesson. Now, let's, let's bring it a little closer to home. There's people that, that have been diagnosed with diabetes. And they know it's the will of God for them to be healed. They know it's the will of God for them to be whole. But they're not doing anything about the diabetes. They just continue to eat everything they want, continue to put junk in their body, not exercising, not doing anything. It's difficult. It's difficult to walk in divine health if you violate natural principles. It's difficult to walk in what God has made ready for you if we don't at least do what we know we should do. Say it with me. I am not a hearer only, but I am a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Everyone say before. Now, the next point is this. Send praise out before. Everyone say this. Send praise out before. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 21. You know the story. We don't need to rehearse the whole thing. We know that the children of Israel were in great trouble. They are surrounded by the enemy. The enemy was out to get them, out to do them in. And they had a prayer meeting. You know, it's a good thing to pray when the enemy's knocking on your door. 
And notice with me in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. Here are some instructions from the Lord. Read it with me. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out, they went out what? They went out before the army. And to say, what did they say? Let's say it a few times. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. A couple more times. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. One more time. Praise the Lord, for his mercy instructing them to do is send the praisers out before. Send them out before the army. Don't try to operate and don't try to take what I've given you in the flesh. Put on the garment of praise. Come on, Judah. Step up and step in and start marching in the high praises of God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, how many of you know what happened? Well, notice in verse 22 and verse uh, through verse 25. Verse 22 says, And they began to sing and to praise. And the Lord. And the Lord. What they did before positioned themselves for and the Lord. What you do before positions yourself for and it came to pass. Woo, glory to God. And they began to sing and to praise the Lord. And the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Now, how many of you know the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise? I said the tribe of Judah is the tribe of praise. The tribe of Judah went out before them. The enemy tried to come against praise. But how many of you know that praise stills the avenger? God inhabits the praises of his people. God swallows up the enemies in the presence of the Lord. And he's no respecter of persons. You can praise him in your midnight hour. You can praise him in your car. You can praise him in your home. You can praise him in Bart. You can send up the high praises of God. And whatever's come against you can be swallowed up by the presence of the Lord. Before. Paul and Silas at midnight prayed and sang praises to God before the earthquake came. Hallelujah. It wasn't the will of God for the children of Israel to be done in by some ungodly country. Nor is it the will of God for us to be done in by some ungodly disease. Or to be tormented by some ungodly fear. Come on, somebody. Shoo. Glory to God, which would come against Judah. Oh, no weapon formed against praisers is going to prosper. And they were smitten. Verse 23, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to destroy and to slay them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, 
Everyone helped to destroy one another. Those cats got so confused that they killed one another. I'm telling you, the devil gets confused when you send up praise first. There's confusion in the camp of the enemy when you're not moved by what you see, but you're moved by what you believe, and you're walking in to possess and what God has prepared for you. Oh, man, this is not the end of the story. Not only did they destroy one another, but in verse 24, it says, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Those things that bold, embolden themselves and tell you lies become dead issues in the presence of God. Woo! Glory to God. Everyone shout before. Say it with me. I'm going to send up praises before. I'm going to shout before. Well, Pastor, I'll shout afterwards, but I don't know about shouting before. No, 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 that's not how you do it. Verse 24, when Judah came toward the watchtower, as I read before, they looked down the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them, woo, in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, and they were three days in gathering up the spoil. It was so much! There is a realm of the too, too much God. There is the realm of the mucho, mucho more. But we don't receive those things without following the instructions and being doers of God's word. Now, I have faith in the finished works of Christ. And I firmly believe in entering into the rest of God. But I can see very clearly in the word of God that God requires obedience of his people and that God requires faith of his people. He said in Isaiah chapter one, he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I wonder, heart of the bay, is there some good of the land that God has prepared for you? Is there some good of the land that God has prepared for the church? Are there some continents, glory to God, that we need to be going to? Are there some people in other nations and other countries that need to be impacted by the glory of God through us, through this ministry? I'm telling you, folks, there's more. There's much, much more. And so every day, I'm going to be faithful to read my word. I'm going to be faithful to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep confessing. I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to keep calling this building paid in full. I'm going to keep calling you healed. I'm going to keep calling you prosperous. I'm going to keep calling this church on fire. Regardless of what it may look like some days and what it may feel like. Somebody said, we don't live by look like. We don't live by look like. We live by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Psalm 68, verse 4. Psalm 68, verse 4. I want to read it from the King James Version first. I just dropped by tonight to stir you up a little bit. 
Amen. Psalm 68, 4, it says, Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Now, I want to look at that in the ASV, if we could, uh, Linnell, if you could pull that up. This is really good. How many of you go, God's got some 18-wheelers? Honk, honk, pulling up in your driveway. Amen? 18-wheelers of good things. 18-wheelers of blessing. 18-wheelers of days of heaven upon the earth. Glory to God. 18 wheelers of a peace that passes all understanding. 18 wheelers of days of heaven on earth in your marriage. Amen. Good days. Full days. Amen. So then, it's the will of God. The Bible says every gift, every good gift comes from above. From the Father of lights. With whom is no variable, there's neither shadow of turning. Would you agree with me that God's got good gifts cascading from the throne of grace? Hallelujah. He absolutely does. Now, how then do we ready ourselves for those good things? He said, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's a clue right there. Walking uprightly. But here's another way. Look at this. Let's read it together. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, cast up a highway for him that rideth through the deserts. In other words, your praise, your worship, glory to God, builds a highway for the Spirit of the Lord to come down and move strong on your behalf. Praise casting up a highway for those 18-wheelers to come to your house. Everyone go. Just a thought. Praisers are happy people. I want to say this by the Holy Ghost. Praisers are prepared people. Praisers are ready people. So cast up a highway. For him that rides through the deserts. Are you ready for some more? The third point is walk with God every day. This is what we do before we see the things that God has ready for us. Walk with God. Say with me, I'm walking with God every day. Well, let's look over at Hebrews chapter 11 then. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And notice with me in verse 5. This is speaking of Enoch. Enoch. I wonder if we got any Enochs here. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to be raptured out of here or, glory to God, leave here when it's all finished? Amen. Now, notice about Enoch. Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. The Bible says that by faith. So he did this by what? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. In other words, God just took him out. 
God translated him. He moved him from earth to heaven. Just like that. For before, everyone say before. Say it two more times. Before, before. So before that happened, before he was taken from one place to another, before he moved to a place that God had made ready for him and that God has made ready for all of us. For before his translation, we could say it this way, before your manifestation, God's no respecter of persons. You see, Enoch's manifestation was translation. Your manifestation may not be translation, but your manifestation could be something entirely different. Something God's made ready for you. It says before. Before his translation. Before. Before his translation. He had this testimony. Can anybody tell me what Enoch's testimony was? Before he was moved from earth to heaven, he had this testimony. It was such a testimony, and it was such a big testimony that it was put in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. He had this testimony that what? Notice it doesn't say he had this testimony that he pleased himself. Like two weeks ago, you know, we talked about loving God and a lot of people have this testimony. I love me some me. We need to switch over. I love me some God. Now notice he had this testimony that he, Enoch, he pleased God. His pleasing God positioned him for a great preparation. Your pleasing him will prepare you for great preparations that he's got for you. It ought to be our passion, our heart's desire, our goal to please him. Jesus was the perfect example of pleasing the father. He said, I always do those things that please him. He said, whatever I hear, whatever instructions are given, I only do what I hear. I only do what I see. See, I have given you the land. Jericho 6. Second Chronicles 20, the instruction of the Lord. I only do what I know to do. Oh, hallelujah. And so what if I would do that? And what if you would do that in your life? To purpose in your heart to live your life to please him. It is not a work of the flesh. It is not a work 
of sweat, but it is a work of the spirit and it comes by walking in the spirit. And as you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. But you will live a spirit-filled, spirit-led life where your mind is set upon him. And it will only produce life. It will only produce peace. And it will produce the things that God's made ready for you. Now, that's a word straight from the throne of heaven for me. And I'll receive it. So back to Hebrews chapter 11. Y'all listen so good. Y'all want to go home yet? Okay. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. It was not found. Death's all around us. We can live in this life without experiencing the law of sin and death. And was not found because God had translated him for before he had this, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased with God. Now look at Genesis chapter 5. I'll remind you that without faith, it's impossible to do what? How many of you know you can't leave a good testimony unless you do it by faith? He pleased him. He pleased him. Now notice over in Genesis, I believe it's chapter 5 and verse 21. Let's begin there. And uh, we won't be preaching much longer because I, I may carry this over to Tuesday night. There's some other things I believe that the Spirit of God wants to, to say and perhaps even do in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just take a praise break. Lift up our hands. Hallelujah. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Masura badashe. Fasula pranganinge jola prafayede. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Genesis 5 and 21, I'll begin there. And Enoch lived 65 years, and he begat Methuselah. I'm 66. I'm not going to be having any Methuselahs. Brenda's already let me know that. Now, no, here's the key. We said that walking with God, and Enoch walked with God. God was so pleased with Enoch's walk that he said, I just got to have him where I am. <laughs> he walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, I'm 75 years old. I can't walk with God. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Enoch walked with God and begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Wow. He didn't have to go to the nursing home. In verse 24, and Enoch, he walked with God and he was not for God took him. Here's what I have in my notes, and that statement is this. Something happened before something happened. Something happens in the life of men 
and women just like you when they walk with God. When they live their lives to please God. Something happened to Enoch before something happened. Let it happen in you. If it's not happening, admit it. You know, if you're kind of walking with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, or if you're a fence rider, get off the fence. Get all the way in. Walk with him with all of your heart. Do it by faith. I don't know about you, but I I can't walk with God unless I do it by faith. Because I don't always feel God. You know, there's sometimes where I sense the presence of God so strong, it's just overwhelming. I can hardly stand. I can hardly walk. I can hardly speak. But there's other days where I don't sense anything. But I'm not going to stop walking with him because I don't feel him. I'm not going to stop walking with him when I don't sense him. I purpose to walk with him every day of my life. So what does it mean to walk with him? Well, here it is in the word. Walking in love. Walking in the spirit. Walking in God. I love what Billy Brim says. Walking with God simply means to walk in the light. And we know that the light is the word of God. If you want to walk with God, Walk in the word, walk in the light that you have, and you will be well positioned to enter in to those wonderful, glorious things that God has prepared for.